And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome to Seven Fifty-Five is Real, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project Seventy, celebrating seventy years of Tops baseball cards. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic, and I'm with my co-host Eric O'Flaherty. What's going on, Eric? Not much. Tough one last night. Tough one. Tough wake up call. <laughs> Tough flight. <laughs> Tough game. <laughs> Tough game. You said Snit gave him the day off today, huh? Snit gave him the day off today. I think it was a really wise move. Snit has That's a good smart. feel for that, and they didn't do anything today. Told him to smart. rest. I think yeah. both teams were tired. Neither team did a workout at all today. There was no media or anything at the Truist Park. Everybody did it, whatever they did by Zoom. So yeah, smart. Going west coast and back in three days, yeah. four days is mess you up. And I tell you what, man. I mean, the LCS you grow, you're it's emotionally draining anyway. Yeah. The type of games these were with so many pitching changes. And the crowds in both places have been loud and full, but Dodger Stadium was a damn cauldron, man. I mean, it yeah. was the emo- it was it's like you're in a nightclub for four hours that whole game. So it's, 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 so it's every, exhausting watching them on yeah, the couch. <laughs> every big moment is just God. Yep. It feels like it feels like you've been through a battle kid, when you leave there. It's just the it's just so uh, sensory overload, dude. For four hours, it is yep. sensory overload. It's I mean, it's exciting, but God, it's draining. I can't only imagine being a player out there in the middle of that. Yep. So, yeah, yeah I don't yeah, think you're going to get much by taking a little live BP today in the 120th game of the – or, I mean, the 180th game of the season or whatever it is. It's kind of like if you haven't found it by now, yeah. you know, it's just – you're not getting it. I would imagine they probably had some live BP for Jorge Soler. Before we get to the series – uh that was the biggest thing, the best news for the Braves yesterday, the biggest development yeah. for the Braves is getting Jorge Soler back from the COVID list because they really thought he might miss the whole series, even though you know it was a, he could get back in 10 days. There was a good chance he was going to miss the whole series. So uh, he wasn't in the lineup yesterday because he hasn't worked out with the team at all. He wasn't permitted to. But he, you could look at him and tell he stayed in shape. I mean, he didn't gain a pound. He's uh, yeah. But he came up and pinch hit and struck out, but – I would think they'd probably get him, try to get him ready today. But I would, uh, if they advance, I would anticipate seeing him back in the lineup in the leadoff spot, you know, because they're going to have DH in the American League City. So this is perfect timing for them to have yeah. him there now. So that you can have Jock and him and, 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 and obviously Rosario and Duvall all in the lineup at the same time. Yeah, it'll be good. You know, hopefully, I don't know, you never know how a guy's going to respond to time off like that. You wouldn't think it's a big deal, but, you know, not seeing live pitching for that many days or whoever he's hitting off. I'm guessing they said he was working out at the AAA site, so they might have had yeah. somebody to, to they, throw to him and, and right. get him some some at-bats, but it's different in the game. But right. if you get him in, either give him a start or get him in and then start feeling good about it, I'm sure he's going to be fine. Yeah. 
So that was the good news. They got that right before the game started. The bad news, uh, and, and then there was even better news when Freddie Freeman hits his two-home run homer in the first inning. And <sighs> and Kelly is gone before the during the fifth at bat. You know, yeah. Joe Kelly gets the start. Freddie hits a two-run bomb off of him. They're up 2-0, and I'm going, they're going to cruise this thing. This thing's over. I really t- That was the first time in the series where I felt this thing's over. I mean, you yeah. know, that they were definitely going to win it. But, man, how things change. You just didn't expect it to be against Max Freed. Anybody else? Maybe. But I did not expect it to be from Max Freed because he has been so the the rock of this, this team's pitching staff since – all-star break, but especially since the first of August, he's been, he just hasn't had a bad start. Especially in big games. Right. Every time, yeah. every time they've needed him, he's been up to the task. So I don't, I don't think anybody saw that coming yesterday. Yeah, you're right. A good point. It's, it's the, it seemed like the bigger the, the stakes, the better he pitched on that road trip. He was phenomenal against the Giants and the Padres, then against the Phillies when they eliminated them. And then in the division series, I mean, he was, uh, lights out exactly what they needed, but. Last night, he just he just kind of fell on his face, man. He just he wasn't in his spots. He was he usually doesn't make mistakes over the middle, and he was last night. A lot of them. He yeah. wasn't hitting corners at all. Yeah, I saw some mechanical stuff with him too. You know, I always look at a pitcher's how soon a pitcher's head drops after they lift their leg. Uh huh. You know, that's usually a key. You're breaking down your backside, and if you watched him. You know, he almost has he always has that little bit of a pause at the top. He lifts, he stays real calm and he stays real tall and then he fires downhill. And yesterday I was seeing it was like as soon as he lifted his leg, his head dropped. And you know, uh-huh. you don't think that shit matters or it should be a big deal, but that costs you a little bit of extension, a little bit of leverage, you know, a little bit of timing. And all that stuff kind of just it can add up quick in a hurry and all of a sudden you're missing spots and you don't have the same deception, you don't have the same life on the pitch. So when you miss middle, because if you watch his starts, you know, I think about this all the time. If you ever watch highlights of a start, they don't show all the pitches the guy got away with. Right. They show the punch outs. Right. Everybody talks about the punch outs. But when you're locked in as a major league pitcher, you're still making mistakes. Yeah. They're just getting fouled off. Yeah. And that was the difference yesterday was none of his mistakes got fouled off. Even when they miss hit one, it was a bloop single because they were able to elevate it. Yeah. You know, that that life on everything just wasn't as crisp yesterday. Um, you know, I think that could have been a major factor and you always got to wonder, you know, what, what teams are up to, you know, guys on second, picking up signs, teams are really advanced at that now. And, and I think that's kind of the gray area that teams are getting into is I know a lot of teams film Uh guys sequences with runner on second, right? So they know what your go-to sequence might be. And with me, I was so simple. It was like, let's go first sign after two or something like that. But the guys, the smarter starters, the guys that have to do it a lot, they'll yeah. have something real advanced. Like they'll do outs plus one. So if there's one out, it's second sign. If there's two outs, it's third. Or they'll do a first sign indicator where the first pitch, you know, if you put a slider down, it's third pitch. If you uh-huh. put a one down, it's the next sign. You know, so it gets real. It could get real right. complicated. You can go as far as you want with it. But I, I know for a fact teams will tape that now and they'll analyze it. And they'll have that faster when you get a runner on second base. So they'll know what your go-to is. And I'm, you know, I just have a hunch that the Dodgers are really good at that because there were some pitches hit in this series that didn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. Like the Luke Jackson home run that he gave up on the neck high fastball or clavicle high fastball. Made no sense at all. I, Bellinger swung a under pitch, a slider. Man. It was the right pitch. If assuming he doesn't know what's coming. Right. You know, I mean it he swung under a slider. Hitters never swing under Luke's slider. Yeah. 
You know, I yeah. mean, so that tells you when a guy swings under a slider, that tells you he's either looking for it and and over anticipated the break because right. he knew it was coming, right? Or two, he knew it was coming and tried to do the same thing and get under it, and lift it. But if you watch Luke's swings, it's either a ground ball or a swing and a miss when he throws a good slider. He threw a good one. It was probably one oh, I think, or oh oh, and Bellinger swung under it by three or four inches. Yeah. So now you're thinking, all right, you know, if you're reading that bat, you're thinking, all right, he's sitting slider. Right. Let's go heater. Right. They go heater next pitch, blows it by him. It, it was in the glove when he swung. Now you could give him credit and say, all right, he made the adjustment. This guy's a really smart hitter. But even if you're, unless you're a hundred percent convinced, right. Fastball's coming. You're not going from swinging under a slider yeah. to hitting a fastball at your eyes out of the park to dead. There's no chance you swing under a slider and then get on top of 97 yep. at your eyes. Great point, man. So for me, that was, that was like, I'm not going to say they're cheating. You know, they could have right. done it the right way. But I felt like he knew it was coming. And there was some, I mean, there was some talk about, you know, they're at Dodger Stadium and they've got any kind of technology they can have, yep. whether legal or not, that they have it. But I'm not going to, I don't know for a fact if that's the case or not. But It was suspicious. Yeah. It'll be curious <laughs> to, to see least. what happens these next two games at Truist Park. But, I mean, even the outs against, uh, against Max were loud outs early on. They were hitting balls yeah. to the track and caught against the wall. And you just don't see that yeah. usually with him. He usually pitches to a lot of soft contact, a lot of ground balls. And they were crushing balls against him. It just like and everybody after watching. him too, huh? Everybody after him too. Yeah, and he was they th- smoked balls all night. And, and yeah, I guess every reliever that came in and Max was it wasn't like he was throwing ninety three either. He was hitting. He was throwing velocity. He was hitting normal stuff. So he was just uh, I don't know. He said he you know he's missing the corners, but uh, you know what else is he going to say? He's not going to come out and say that uh, you know it's like they knew what I was going to throw. So yeah, and, and you know you you don't ever want to accuse other teams. Right, right, right. That dude on the White Sox did it, and the, the Astros were right. You know, you kind of poking the bear. But. Exactly. He might have just been, might have just had an off night and mislocation. I mean, it happens. But I agree with you. There were a lot of people. I mean, like Chris Taylor. Come on, that night he had Jesus, man. Three homers. It was Babe Ruth last night. Yeah, and a, and yeah. an RBI single. He had it with six RBIs, and then Pollock has two homers. Two bombs. Five homers from Chris Taylor and Pollock. 10 RBIs. You, you know, that's the other thing, though, is you think if you're cheating, you'd shut it down once you got up like seven, eight runs. <laughs> yeah. And they just kept torching balls. You know, they didn't hit that. If they would have done that off the A squad out of the pen. Yeah. Yeah. Then it'd be even more suspicious. Right. But they hit guys that haven't been getting as many reps. So, well, they hit, you know, yeah. maybe you give them a. Right. Dylan Lee's in his first. Man, he's <laughs> the guy has pitched in two major league games. I was laughing. And Snit puts him in in his first postseason game. And who's he facing? Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, <laughs> Trey Turner, Corey Seager, Will Smith were the first four guys he faced in that end. To his credit, the only guy that got yeah. a hit was Trey Turner. He got a single. He got Mookie on a routine fly. He struck out Corey Seager. And he got Will Smith to pop up. So that first inning was great. If he'd have got out of there right yeah. then, he's great. And then the next inning, he gets a pop up and a career highlight early for him. He strikes out Albert Pujols. So at this point, he's he's he's, he's uh, retired five of the six guys he's faced, including two strikeouts of Corey Seager and Albert Pujols. Yeah. So he gives up a homer and Chris Taylor and another single before getting out of the inning. But all I mean, it's still it's a pretty impressive appearance for the guy for his first time out. I thought, you know, I thought it almost might be good because when you get called up, it's so overwhelming to begin with. Yeah. That it's kind of like, I don't know if you could really up the ante anymore, you know, to try to control those. So it might be better to jump into a playoff game right off the bat 
because you're already so intimidated and overwhelmed by the big leagues in the first place. You, yeah. you know, I don't know if he could tell too much of a difference, but he looked all right. I mean, it's just Dodgers are a tough team. Two major league appearances at the end of in the last weekend of the season. That was yeah. it. Yeah. So and then uh, and you know he had such high hopes for Chris Martin because he'd had a couple of appearances where he looked kind of like old Chris Martin. Mm-hmm. But man, last night he came in. He re- he was the first guy in to replace Free because Snit was not going with Matzik last night. He was going to rest him finally. He pitched no. in every game till last night. Eight games. That Luke was the one good thing about eight. it. Yeah, Luke had pitched seven of eight. He was going to rest him, and I think he was going to rest Will Smith too. Um, so the good thing is, yeah, you lost, you got blown out, but you got an off day today. Those guys are going to be fully rested and ready to go for both games this weekend. Two days off. Two days off. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, Chris Martin came in and first battery faces is Chris Taylor and he just unloaded on an O2, O2 sinker. He hit, he threw two perfect sinkers down and in that were pretty much unhittable, but then he either missed or I don't know where he was set up. I didn't go back and look, but somebody said he was set up out. Well, why would he do that? I don't know. I didn't see it, but it, the next sinker was up and away and it was, he destroyed it. Yeah. I hate that dude. I never feel good when Chris Taylor's in the box. He's got some juice, doesn't he? He just comes up with some some big knocks. So it was all Pollock and Taylor, one man or two man record crew against them last night. Ten RBIs. The Braves get get their doors blown off. But you know what? If someone had told you that they were going to have a three two margin after five games and be coming home to Truist Park, you would have said, "Hell yeah, I'll take that." Oh, before the series started? Yeah, before the series. You would have absolutely been ecstatic over that. You're going to lead the Dodgers 3-2 when you come back to Truist Park for two games. You got to win one at home. You got to win one at home, and you got Charlie Charlie Morton waiting in game seven if you need him. Start game seven. Yep. The best uh, winner-take-all uh, winner pitcher there has been in postseason history. Yeah. Has Ian Anderson been – Himself lately? No, he's he's been a little shaky in some starts. So, but I don't think he'll hesitate to bring in those guys. That was a great thing. Like we just said, yep. those guys are rested. He won't hesitate to go with Mentor for an inning or two if he needs him. Matzik for four outs if he needs him. You know, Luke comes in. I mean, if he, well, you could stretch them all and still feel good about having them tomorrow. You know, if you throw them game six, right? And they've pitched every game so far, and they don't get that day off yesterday. Yeah, and then you want to stretch them again. You know, I mean, every guy's going to take the ball, but how do you feel about how effective he's going to be if he goes two today yeah. or tomorrow? You wind up losing, yeah, and then the next day, you know, I mean, it's it's really good setting up the pen that if you are going to lose, they lost the way they lost. Right, right. Just get you know, you you, you almost sacrifice that game once you got to five two six two. But Snitzer wasn't going to use them, period. But you know, they lose that game. Doesn't matter if they lost by a run or or nine runs. And then uh, you come back tomorrow with a fully rested pin, and yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna uh, save those guys for Game Seven. He's gonna go all out tomorrow and try to win that thing and have yeah. Charlie ready to start Game One in the World Series. Yep. So, and if but, if they all go long tomorrow, you know that they could still come back and throw an inning the next day. You oh, yeah. feel a lot better with a day off and the other day behind it. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. There were some great things uh, to, for the Braves, even though they lost yesterday. There were a lot coming out of that, that, that three games in L.A. Uh, First of all, Freddie Freeman is back to being Freddie Freeman. Everybody that was worried about him. He had yeah. three hits in game four. He has a home run to start game five. Looks like himself. He had two opposite hits. I mean, he was – and then he just crushed that home run. So that was big, obviously. Riley keeps doing his thing. You know what? You know who's not doing anything at the play is Darno. He has just done nothing yeah. at the plate. And I think he's hurt. Yeah. Did you see him grabbing his grabbing his hand it's, yesterday? It's, that- yeah, it seems like it. And And – and they're running on him too. I mean, that's not on him, obviously. That's uh, he's not getting much chance to throw either, on most cases. But yeah. he hasn't done much. Um, uh, Duvall came alive and had some good games, so that's good. That they've got they got most of the guys going now in, in the lineup. And Rosario's on fire. Rosario's just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, Rosario's having one of those. You don't want to say it's a it's a secondary or a bench player, Lamarck Lemke having a bit because he's not that. He's a better player than that. But man, he's having a just a star making turn. Everybody's all over writing stories about him now and everything. And you know, the funny thing is, everybody when they made those trades for four outfielders, he was the kind of the afterthought. Yeah. And people were like, "Why are they getting Rosario? They got these other three guys, and Rosario's <laughs> yeah. hurt." Yeah. And he had, he spent five weeks on the DL, the Braves IL, with the uh, oblique thing after coming from Cleveland already on the IL. But he has and been, he's been tremendous, huge. tremendous. <laughs> The game he yeah. hit for the cycle at in San Francisco was that game free pitch when they stopped the four game skid. They haven't lost consecutive games since then, and they've been on a hell of a run since then. They've only lost like four games since then. They've won like seventeen, and he's yeah. you know he almost hit for the cycle again a couple of days ago. He had to settle for a second home run, a three run homer in the ninth. Hit it too far. I mean that game was ridiculous, man. Four hits, two homers, four ribbies. That was. It- what a it's night. a gene, man. It's a gene. Yeah, I swear it is. Because some guys yeah. just have it. 
we always used to know when we played on ESPN, you know, because yeah. we uh, the couple years I played with Escobar, we weren't really in it, but we knew when we played on ESPN, Esky was going to do something special that night. You know, that was like the brightest lights you're getting in, in yeah. the regular season. You'd play the Yankees or somebody on ESPN, and Escobar would make three web gems. You know, there's some yeah. guys that they get in the spotlight and they don't they don't clam up. They want to do more and they and they feed off it. And it seems like Rosario's been doing that this whole series. He wants yeah. to be the guy. And he wants to be up there with with runners on base in the, in crunch time too. I mean, he's a guy that really does want to shine. And he's uh, he does not he does not show any signs of, of feeling pressure whatsoever. But yeah, that game was uh game four. I mean, he goes home run on an 0-2 pit fastball in the first inning just to lead off the second inning, not the first inning, to lead off the second inning. That's what really started them on that, his home run. Duvall follows first back-to-back home runs for the Braves in a long time in a postseason. Um, then he triples in the third inning on a 1-2 curveball. And these are both against uh, Urias, who just did not have the – it's so funny. Dave Roberts has been pulling I guys know. at the first sign of trouble. But he leads Urias in for five innings, and he was he was hurting from the second inning. He pitched two nights before that, yeah. or three nights before that. Uh, your Dave Roberts has made some decisions with pitching staffs. It's like Jesus, man. Use nine pitchers in at one game. Guys <laughs> coming wild. out of one. Guys getting one out. I guess uh, you never know what kind of pressure he's getting from up top. Yeah, I don't know how many of these decisions. You never know made that relationship, that but I mean, I, I've. Urias coming in, you know, this is the thing nobody gives credit is a lot of people that that just crunch the numbers don't understand how much different it is yep. to throw in a game the intensity you're throwing in a game. Like if you put a radar gun on a starter in their bullpen, mm-hmm. they're probably throwing 84, 85. Maybe they only throw 30 pitches. You bring them out of the pen, they throw 15, 20 to warm up and 10 in the game. But those 10 they throw in the game, they're 95, 96, 97. You just you don't bounce back the same. Right. And I don't think I don't think that's been given enough credit, but I would have thought, you know, with Scherzer kind of saying my arm was dead Say when his arm's Ar- dead. For him when Arias starts of. getting torched, you're kind of like you might want to yank him. And yeah. it, it didn't get better. Yeah, I mean, you know, they keep doing this more than ever now, going with starters in the bullpen and everything. And it doesn't work usually, or it doesn't work the way as well as they had hoped. And, it can, but I think you got to have young guys that, that one, yes, don't know better, yes. and, and you two, can bounce back. And you diminish them as a starter, too, because then when they yep. make their next start, like Scherzer, I've never heard Scherzer acknowledge something like that. My arm is dead. I just didn't no. have it. No. But, yeah, the he's tricky, doing – The tricky part about that, too, is is Scherzer doesn't know his arm's dead till that first throw. Yeah. You know, you, you ask a guy how he feels. Yeah. Well, I feel great walking around. Then you go to throw the ball, and it's just like it. Instead of making that hissing sound coming out of your hand, it just kind of poofs out, right? And barely gets to the catcher. You know, you try to go find it, and it's just not there. So it's a lot of times you ask guys how they feel, and they go into those starts, and they're like, "Yeah, I feel good. I'll do it." And you know, more often than not, guys are willing. But you make those first couple throws, or you start getting hot, and it's just not there. It's like I got a dead arm, and I'm trying to go six. You know, it's and, a tough spot to put guys in. And Max Scherzer is not going to say after an inning, I don't have it. He ain't doing that. He's going to keep trying to do it. Yeah, well, he handed that ball over a lot easier, though. Yeah. In this start than he would in the past. So, yeah, in that game, Rosario goes home run, triple third inning, single in the fifth inning on first pitch. Still Urias. Gives, so he had three of the eight hits against Urias. And then he uh, wraps it up after he because he finally made it out in the seventh and he struck out in the perfect inning. But uh, he comes back in the ninth and goes three run jack man 
against Goslin. Yeah. I mean, so he's hitting pitchers, man. He's not hitting. <laughs> he's hitting everything, too. He's going opposite everything. field, pulling balls. That's just when. He's on everything. And he's he hitting watches everything the bats, hard, too. too. He's hitting everything hitting hard. hard. He's taking really tough pitches, fouling balls off. I mean, he's he's just locked and seeing he's seeing a beach ball. Some of these games, though, man, I'm just looking at it going, God, it was not that long ago when starters were still going seven, eight innings. The good starters were still looking to go seven, eight innings in every playoff game. And you're getting guys now just routinely going three. Four. You know, for, pulls them out the first sign of trouble. I mean, yep. the, I don't know what the answer is. Limit the number of pitchers on a playoff roster. I don't know. But I don't I well, just I don't, think I don't, Somebody said it's efficient, but it's not necessarily enjoyable for the fan. That the bean counters are the anal- the analytics people say it's more efficient these pitchers, but it's just not that much fun to watch, dude. As a fan, I'm sure it's not. Pitching change after pitching change. I I don't know. I mean, when I watch it, you got you had game game an elimination game yesterday, two hundred. 400 million dollar payroll whatever the Dodgers got and you got yeah. a reliever starting an elimination game yeah at home game yeah. five it's not game six or seven and you went 18 innings last night yeah you could plan for this and and they're rolling Joe Kelly out there and it's the same thing Joe Kelly gets hurt yeah and he's done for this year for the rest yeah. of the postseason they had they had in that uh game uh well they had a bullpen game in game one that's something else you would never have seen Bullpen game in game one of the NLC is the guy, a team with the <laughs> largest payroll it. in the sport. Never heard of that. The largest payroll. This isn't the Tampa Bay Rays who routinely did that. This is a team that's built on their starting pitching. Um, so they had they used in that game nine pitchers, eight relievers. Bueller went three and two thirds innings. The next eight guys go one third. One third, two thirds, two thirds, one third, one and two thirds. That was Evan Phillips. One third and one. Kenley Jansen, who was just filthy. He was nasty. But still, you're talking about a four hour game, too. (laughs) They've been, I'll I'll say it though, even though these games have been long, they've been been pretty pretty watchable because they're they're intense. But yeah. Yeah, it's just not something, you know, I mean, it, it worked for the Rays. Right, but it didn't work this year for the Rays. That that yeah. lefty they they brought yeah. in on short rest and had him start the game after coming out of the pen, or vice versa. I think they brought him in out of the pen after he had started yeah. a few days earlier. He gets torched and gives up five runs. You know, it's you're just not quite the same when your arm's dead and you're tired, and it's it's hard to foresee that if you haven't been through it. So, um, I don't know. Like I said, the Braves would have been would have been more than happy if you just said, well, okay, we're going to start at three, two, have a two game series in at Truist park. You're up three, two. <laughs> she would have taken that. They, uh, I was looking it up today and uh, cause I was curious cause it felt like the home team has won almost all of these games. And sure mm-hmm. enough, they have seven of the nine games in this Braves postseason won by the home team. And yep. they had great crowds in all three places, Milwaukee, Truist Park and Dodger Stadium, which is the loudest place in the Jesus, it's loud. The loudest undone loud. stadium in the world, man. Because in large part, they have what's the biggest too, 50,000, biggest in the National League. I think uh, Chicago might be bigger, uh, White Sox. But 
it's it holds 53,000 or whatever. They have, as we talked about, concert-level speakers that are unbelievable. And they've rented mm-hmm. they've and they upgraded them since the days when you were there when there was just like a stack of yeah, monster speakers. Dude, it it's like too. Lucas Films must have come in there and put that sound in because it is like sense around louder, louder than any other ballpark, but still crystal clear. And the bass yeah. feels like a nightclub in there. If you were an older person and you didn't like loud music or whatever, you couldn't go to a Dodger game. <laughs> no. Because they are strictly a, trying to appeal to a younger audience, and it works because it feels like a damn club in there. Well, and that gets people up, too. It does. They feel jacked. You know, we, we used to always joke, you know, at the biggest moment of the game, we'd be playing that uh, Chattahoochee song. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody's doing that shit. Exactly. It's like you, we stu- were in San Francisco, we're in L.A., and they're playing some kind of techno beat. People yes. are drunk, losing their minds, and we're doing the Chattahoochee yeah. song. Like, man, we got to clean it up, Scott. They're playing techno, but they're playing hardcore, great hip-hop. I mean, they're playing yep. DMX. They're playing Rough yep. Riders. They're playing – I mean, they're yep. playing some good stuff in the late innings, and it is loud, and the bass yep. is going. Yeah, I mean, if you're on a roll, that's – and you got 50,000 people singing along or just grooving. It's There's a great atmosphere. It is. Cap, cap tip to the Braves for getting a, getting a win out of there and coming out of there with a win because that place is hard to play in this atmosphere. It's a little different probably in June, you know, with yeah. 25,000, 30,000 there maybe. But well, I think just, that game, game three, I think that's what hurt the Dodgers, that two o'clock start. Yeah. I, I think that was a, yeah, well, not a mistake because they didn't call it, but – that first game, if you looked at it, that's those stands weren't that packed. I know. Two it o'clock, so, it's hard to get there. It takes so long to get in there, but by the middle innings, it was full. Yeah. I was shocked that it was for a 2 o'clock game, but you're right. At the start of the game, there were big swaths in the upper corners that were empty because people are still pouring in. People are still pouring yeah. in the fourth inning. Yeah. But, yeah, this, uh, it was uh, it's quite an atmosphere. I think the Braves are going to have a great atmosphere. They had great, great atmosphere so far in the playoff series, but it's just a little different, like you just said. You know, it's a, it's, it's one, different. It's different, but it's loud, especially when they do the pitching changes with the chop and all that. But uh, the LA, it's constant music, loud, loud yep. from an hour before the game. They're, they've got the whole thing down, and it's like, I think the Braves should look into doing it. And I know they're trying to appeal maybe to a different audience, but <laughs> it's electric. It I, know players, so- I know the players love it. Playoffs. Look, if you're doing it for for 81 home games a year, just blasting it full blast, you right. might have some people be like, "I'm not trying to show up for that." But right. playoffs, right? You got to let it eat. And they've already got the tickets too. So playoffs, you're yep. not trying to sell season tickets. You know, let people have that. Yeah, rock it. Yeah, I don't think anybody's gonna complain in a playoff game because the crowd's gonna be loud too. Like if you're yeah. not ready for some volume, you know. And I know it's, some people are turned off by Dodger Stadium, you know, regular season and all that, and they probably have lost a certain audience, but they've more than made up for it with all the people that want to yeah. go because it's a place to be. It's so it's it so is. electric. It's a party. Yeah. The only stadium I've ever heard louder than uh, so when Uribe hit that home run off a of Carpenter in thirteen, that's the loudest I'd ever heard a stadium except for a Seahawks playoff game because yeah. their stadium, they scream. The way it's built. They, the way like it's that. built, yeah. something about the acoustics. I mean, they designed it to be loud. but Yeah, that's it's really thing. straight up on the sides, and it keeps the sound in. It yeah. all just Arrowhead down, Stadium's but, like that, even though they built yeah. it 40 years ago. Arrowhead Stadium is really loud. But, and those are more fans, too. You know, those are like 60,000, yeah. 70,000 oh, people's. Yeah. You know, stadiums, but yeah, like college stadiums, you know, with a hundred thousand people, they get loud as hell. But it's a hundred thousand people, yeah, 
double almost. Right. But yeah, I think, t- you know, if the if the Braves had said if the Braves had been offered you sign right here and you come back and you get a win in LA and you come back, you're up three to two and you can just skip the trip. Yeah. They might have thought about it. Oh, yeah. You know, because that was that was what we said is they got to go there and they got to get at least one win. Yeah. And they did. And they did. They did it. Um, I tell you one place they might be louder when they will find out if they get there uh, is Houston in a playoff game when they let them keep roof the dome closed because they're yeah. keeping the roof closed now. That place for I was there when they had the killer bees and when the Braves played them in the playoffs that year. And when that roof is closed, that place is woo, it's loud. Was that when when they went fifteen and Burke hit a walk off? Yeah, yeah, that had to be loud. The one playoff game was eighteen. Eighteen innings. Jo- Joey Devine gave Joey it up. Joey Devine. Right? Yep. And your boy Farnsworth. Yep. Gave it up. Love that guy. <laughs> he scares the shit out of me. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Man, I, I I know I I understand completely. Believe me, Braves consternation the fans because they've been through this. They've seen yeah. it in the NFL. They've seen it with college games blowing leads against Bama. They've seen it again and again, and they've seen the Braves Three-one when they had year. the best team or they thought they had the best team not get all the way. Even if you know, even in the years where they went to the, the playoffs every year, lost to the Cardinals, or they won one World Series. You know, yeah. But this is a whole different era. And I know all they are looking back at is last year, but it's also a very different team than last year. And you got to keep that in mind. They're not going to an unproven commodity in these games six and seven. They're not just crossing their fingers and hoping that, you know, an Ian Anderson as a rookie can get through it. He's experienced now. You got Charlie Morton, man. Yeah. And these guys, and and more of them have been to this series before. Right. In the lineup. There's a difference going five games versus seven, focusing for five versus seven, understanding how you got to close it out. You know, just like when you see a reliever get promoted to closer and nobody wants to buy that that ninth inning's different. You know, yeah. when you get to those next levels, you get to a seven game series to go to the World Series and you're trying to close out yeah. the team that won it last year. You know, it's it's just a different level. But now they've been there. They've been through it. They've done it. And, the, you know, Ian's been there now. Uh, and all the position players have been there, and yeah. they got guys like Jocks that've been farther. So, oh my God, yeah, and we haven't even mentioned Jock Peterson, what he's done so yeah. far in the postseason, and that what he brings to the team as far as keeping them cool in these situations. I mean, in a clubhouse before Game Six, you don't think he'll be able to? If there's any kind of people that are nervous, I don't think there will be. But he'll know guys what to like, say. What are you doing, man? We're gonna win this thing. But I don't think that's a problem with this team anyway. I mean, you got your Freddie Freeman's, your Rosario's, your these guys. These guys don't feel that. 
No. Dansby's if, been through it all. Yep. Uh, Duvall's been through it, you know. They say, I don't think that they're going to get all nervous and, and worry now that they're down to the last weekend at home and must win, basically. Uh, I, don't, I just don't think that this is a team that's made up of guys like that. They've got guys that have been through playoffs. So many guys. Whereas last year, they had so few guys that have been deep in the playoffs. And that's why I haven't been here before helps. And, you know, like if Freddie was feeling – if Freddie was the type of guy that felt that pressure, he would not have gotten three knocks in game three after right. going 0 for 8 with seven punches. Right. You know, he – that 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 struggle and that experience could have ate him up, but what's he do? Goes to LA and rakes. Yeah, puts it behind him. And I think that just as a whole, that's kind of the mindset of the team, and it kind of flows down from Freddie and, and a lot of the other veterans. And pitching in the playoffs last year, deep in the playoffs last year for Matzik and Luke Jackson, all these guys mentor got that start, yeah. went three great innings against the Dodgers in the LCS. All these guys have been through it. So, and and then they just pitched in LA. Most of them and being pitched, ridden hard. Most, yeah, most of them pitched twice in L.A. in that cauldron. So now they're going to be at home. Yeah. The fans are going to be cheering for them. Yeah. So I would be worried if it was reversed, if they were 3-2 mm. and they were going to, going LA, to L.A. for 6-7. and seven, Yes, I'd Way be different. worried. Be very Way worried. Way different. Yeah. Because the Braves now have lost. They broke that streak of 10 straight losses at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. But they still lost 11 of the last 12 there. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Take to take one out of you know, go one yeah. and two, flying yeah. across, go on the west coast, adjusting. You know, the Dodgers they gotta adjust to the east coast, but when you go west, you know, now your sleep schedule's messed up. And would also so, be worried, yeah, if you'd have gone there and lost all three of those games and come back with the Dodgers up three two, also would like be that. worried. I'll take any situation. You can play any stadium you want, anywhere in the world against any team, being up three yeah. two. Yeah, it's way better than being down, being down a game and having right. to win two in a row against a team that's come this far. And coming home, yeah, with a decided advantage at home. I know during the state during the season, the Braves were actually a better road team, but a lot of that was opponents. They didn't get hot till August. Then you looked at the schedule, who they had at home, and 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 Truist Park is not the same atmosphere during the regular season as it is in the postseason. I mean, it's like. No. In the postseason, with forty thousand in there every game, batteries packed. The lights turned down, and they're doing the chop with the with the. Flat, that, that's it's loud, man. It gets it's a bit's a different atmosphere, so it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's weird too, you know, hearing the national media talk about the Braves, how they weren't. It's like this miracle story when they mention it, you know, how these guys get here. But you, you know, for me, we watched all year long, and we yeah. never thought they were out of it or not going to do something. We said all year long, like this is a really damn good team. They're just not catching breaks. Things aren't going their way, this and that. And it's it's weird for me to see the the narrative, you know, with that the Dodgers are just the better team and right. the Braves don't belong here. It's like, man, if you watched them all year, you knew they played like shit early, but and yeah. they were way better than expected. And they just finally hit their stride late. It's well, a different team. Yeah. And that's lazy too, because what they do is they put 106 wins against 88 wins. Well, that's irrelevant yeah. when you look at yeah. what they've done since this team was put together. Yeah, Alex went out and got a whole different outfield. And look at the record since they did that. They had the third best record in the majors since the trade deadline behind the Giants yeah. and the Dodgers and not far behind yeah. it. And since they since that game I was talking about with the Giants out there, they had a better record than the Dodgers. Like the last 20-some games, they had a better, including postseason, better record than the Dodgers. So are you going to give me the overall season? Or are you going to give me what they are now? Yeah. 
You know? Yeah, it's lazy. I, I've seen a lot of laziness, you know, where I don't feel like people really researched and looked at the team right. and the changes they made. You're going to look at Charlie Morton's three-point whatever ERA? Are you going to look at what Charlie Morton has done in the second half? Are you going to look at Max Fried's three-something ERA? Or the fact that he had the best ERA in the majors after the All-Star break, one yeah. seven four, And that since August, the start of, of August, his he was the he was like 1-4-something. Last night was his yeah. first bad start. So in a while, yeah, it's lazy. I mean, these are these are two evenly matched teams for all intents and purposes, especially with Muncie out. That changed everything for the Dodgers. Turner's out too. And without <laughs> Kershaw, and now Turner's out. No yeah. Kershaw. Joe Kelly's out. I mean, if this Dodgers team is able it were to get past the Braves, I think they're going to get their asses kicked in the World Series now. Where I would have picked them, whoever won the NL, I would have picked to win a World Series two weeks ago. But now yeah. I think like the Astros would kick the, the Dodgers' ass now with the all the injuries the Dodgers have had stacking up and how much they've ridden their pitchers. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd love for the Astros to get knocked out. Braves-Red Sox sounds good to me. Oh, my God, the atmosphere would be – be I awesome. want to cover my team playing – the team I cover playing a World Series in Fenway Park. Oof. Fenway Park atmosphere, man. And the connections between the Braves, you know, being from there – Two storied yep. kind of franchises, and yeah, Fenway Park, man. I want to cover a. I, I covered a World Series era, the Red Sox, that Red Sox Rockies one, but that was over pretty quick. You remember yeah. that uh, when yeah. the Rockies were on that roll? But then they had eight days off after clinching the NLCS. It's got handed <laughs> to them. Yeah, <laughs> they got they shot their wad. They were done by the time they got to the World <laughs> Series, man. Uh, but you know, I think it's probably going to be Astros. They're probably going to finish it off tonight. We'll see. Um, either, way, either way, either um, way. I, I, just, I do I do still still think the Braves are going to do it. I, I I feel pretty good about the Braves' chances of doing it because of who they've got lined up. They're not going bullpen game in Game Six, you know. God, I mean, yeah. they got a rested pen. They got a fully rested pen now. I mean, it's probably better they did get the, that Snit wasn't tempted in a one run game to bring in a couple of those guys last night. It's I really mean, good. Matzik wasn't showing any signs of fatigue, but you had to wonder. It's got to hit him at some point. He pitched in eight straight games, man. Yeah. High stress innings and not like getting one out either. What a horse though. I mean, he doesn't Stud, even show man. signs of slowing down. Stud. That feels that feels so good for Snit just to have that button to push yeah. and know he's coming in and you know, if if Matzik winds up having a rough one or giving up a run, he doesn't get torched. He walks a guy, gives up a bloop single and then somebody comes in and cashes it in or something. But yeah. every time he's adding an inning to himself, he could be bases loaded no outs, I'm not yanking him. Yeah. Cuz he just <laughs> He just locks in and and makes better and better pitches the more stress he gets put under. Yeah. So you got uh, Ian Anderson against Max Scherzer in uh, Game Six on Saturday night, and then if that the Braves don't don't clinch it, don't uh, close it out, you'll have Charlie Morton against Walker Bueller, fully rested this time in Game Seven. Both of them fully rested because the last time we saw Charlie, he wasn't fully rested either. So. Um, or it wasn't in the LDS or the DS. He wasn't. So even, even Charlie's start, man, was they were taking some suspicious pitches. You know, I know he had some walks, and and that's like yeah, what I'm six talking walks. about. That was unheard yeah, of for him. That's not normal. But, unheard and that's of. what I was talking about. You know, it's like when when Good point, when you don't man. have your stuff, or the other team has a, a tip on you. I thought they might have had a tip on them. The pitches they were taking. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from saying any cheating's going on. But they might have had a tip. And the thing about having a tip, it isn't necessarily the hitting the balls. It's the pitches you can lay off right. and work yourself into counts. And 
he was throwing three two breaking balls just below the zone, and they were taking it. Yeah, taking if you can lay base. off his, if you know his curveball's coming and you can lay off of it because you ain't going to hit it. It's hard to keep that thing in the zone. It's hard to throw that first right. strike. It moves so much. They're not going to hit it. Very rarely do they hit it. No. And, and Seeger did. Seeger did second hitter of the game, hit a high curveball out, yeah. which wasn't a good pitch. And and he did it off of Ian too. So I'm not saying anything, but you just watch it, and there was some stuff where you're like, you know, maybe maybe they had a tip on some guys or, or saw some things. And and you know, good teams have a guy in the dugout, several guys in the dugout watching every yeah. little stupid thing you do. I remember Hayward had a tip on a guy that he raked and no one else could hit. He he his he puffed his cheeks just a little bit on his changeup. Really? That was it. That was the whole difference was his cheeks puffed up a little bit on his changeup. And the other hitters on our team couldn't see it. Yeah. Jay Hay could see it. He was like 14 for 20 against the guy with some homers. And everybody's like, oh, you know, this is he's just his kryptonite. It's like, no, right. Jay Hay knows what's coming. Right. You know, when he goes to his go-to pitch, he puffs his cheek a tiny little bit. Yeah. So when you think about it, you know, if Charlie had one little thing, yeah, you got so many guys studying you. You know, I mean, that's what that's what makes Especially it tough. Especially if you're the Dodgers, you have unlimited resources. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seager on that uh, homer on one-two curveball that was up, middle and up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was big, man. Starts that game off like that. Charlie settled down though. Yeah, he did. He battled. He really. He battled. He, I mean, he ends up going. It's like we talked about Charlie early in the year. He could give up two runs in the first inning and look like six. crap, and then he ends up going the same thing every time. Six innings gives up two or three runs and has another. Well, he went. He after after that horrible first inning, what thirty four pitches in the first inning, four walks in the first inning. Yeah, and a guy ends up going five in five innings, three hits, two runs. The only thing that stood out on it was six walks, but otherwise it was a pretty decent. It was a good playoff start. <laughs> yeah, you know the other thing I thought might have thrown him off was was the atmosphere not being there. The two o'clock start. Two o'clock's a weird time to start a game as yeah. a starter. You know, you used to either one on a weekend yeah. or seven o'clock, and it was it, you know you're kind of getting amped up for a playoff start. You walk up there, it's two o'clock. Stadiums, you know, three quarters full. I thought that kind of affected both starters a little bit. And they'd had, and he's probably still on five o'clock uh, East Coast time. So you never yep. play at that time. And they had their right, they had their walkthrough, you know, because they had to fly out there and all that. They had their walkthrough that night, the previous night. Yeah. So you have your, you know, if your your uh, your uh, voluntary workout that uh, I, I don't even know what Charlie. I don't remember see if, see if, if Charlie was there. He probably was. I just played but, a little catch. Yeah, but so everything was kind of weird. That whole schedule, you know, that first day out there and all that after flying flying east to west. So that's the thing about these playoff games, man. You get the travel day, but when you're going east coast to west coast, it's so different than like the World you're Series. Beat up. World Series you're beat up be, from the trip, <laughs> huh? Right, you're you're tired from the trip. I'm, I'm wiped out. I'm a zombie. I mean, if yeah. I'm, you know, four hours in a plane after getting like two hours, one out, two hours of sleep. But, but if they World Series, if the Braves make it, the good thing is they're either going to Boston or Houston, and either one of them yeah. is two Pretty to two quick. and a half hour flight. Yeah, yeah, similar time zone. Houston's what an hour. Houston's an, an hour, hour earlier. Behind. Yeah. yeah, Boston same time zone, so that's a lot better. So could be a little cold in Boston, but that's all right. I saw Rosario say that the other day. They asked him what changed yeah. from Cleveland to Atlanta. He said the weather. The weather. You don't think about that, though, because those guys grow up, but it's 75 every day. You know, they hate playing in the cold. Yep. I, I've known some Latin players that, that would not did not want to go to teams, cold-weather cities, and did not play well in cold-weather games. And they said, Beltry. it's cold weather. I can't – yeah, I can't, I can't play. I can't hit. 
Beltre used to, <laughs> Beltre before the games used to be all shiny, you know, just glistening. Walking through the clubhouse, walk through the clubhouse with his shirt off. He was so cold all the time. He would lather his entire body in baby oil, and so he could keep a sweat because yeah. it clogs your pores. Yeah. But I was just, yeah. I'd always look at him like, man, how are you? I would be so uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. putting a uniform on over baby oil. But he went to Seattle and struggled for four years. Got out of there, went and raked. Played another eight after that. Too bad he couldn't have been there when they had the kingdom. All right. Well, enjoy the games, people. Should be uh, it should be fun. Two big ones at Truist Park, and the Braves got a chance to. It just it feels so weird. I mean, we said all along this is a good team, and it could be a really good team. But they have a real good shot of going to the World Series. And not only that, but if they get there. They can win it. They can win it. Can you imagine? This team did not get over 500 till 110 games into the season, and they could win the World Series. Isn't that how baseball works, though? Of all the teams that you were going to think bring this city its second title since ni- yep. first since 1995. 26 years. This is not the one you would have pointed to and said that. Nope. With all, but, after you lose Ronald Acuna, especially. <laughs> no, but watching them, though, it's believable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when they play well and they get a good pitch game, yeah, they can absolutely beat anybody. So, And I, I always thought that the LCS was going to be the toughest competition, you know, whether it was the Giants or the Dodgers. So. Yeah. It, it'll feel good to put the Dodgers away and put that narrative to rest, oh, too. Oh, yeah. That would be huge. Regardless of what happens in the World Series, they could put that to rest and move on from there. But that would put that would be that would be if they win this series, they will have won five out of six playoff series in two years after not winning one for since two thousand one. Yeah. So they yeah. would put that to rest too, that they can't win in a postseason, which they've already should have. But if they win this one, they can't regardless of what happens in the World Series. But if you watch the Dodgers, that's kind of the track they were on. You know, they built yeah. that really good squad. They went, got a little deeper, got a little deeper, yeah. made it to the World Series, lost it. Keep going back, they win it. You know, this is the type of team when you look around, they can keep doing it. But yeah, you never know when that window is going to close. So if you got a chance to get there, you want to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's not closing for the Braves, but you got a special, special group right now with chemistry that yeah. you're not going to, you might never have again. You just don't know. They got a great yeah. chemistry and they got momentum going. So. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys uh, probably next week, like Monday. We'll see uh, if we're talking about a trip to the World Series. Some good news. Yeah. 755 is real. We're out. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.